Let's do it. Nineteen eighty nine, Sly Stallone, Kurt Russell, Tango and Cash. Your two hosts for the evening are none other than Raymond Tango and Gabriel Cash themselves. One at Slim and at Dale underscore A on the Twitterverse. Paper Keg Podcast where we pick some of the best films of all time and we spend a brief period together talking about them. Bar, actually as brief as we can manage. I don't even like talking to the two hosts right now. I just want to talk about this movie and get out. You know, a little Friends, uh, friendship, know, everybody. Peel back the tango kimono. Uh, you know, I'm an S head. Uh, I was supposed to be here a little while ago. I had a grocery shop for my two S head children that need milk and food in the morning. Listen, let's pull, let's pull back the kimono. I didn't even say anything when I got on here. <laughs> and Jonesy, there could be the most pleasant, cordial conversation happening, but Jonesy will go on the, the snake attack and start trashing himself. Listen, see this move? The, oh, yeah. It's something else, but this is the Paper Cake S- Podcast. It's a sidewinder, they called me. Uh, Dale underscore I, VP of merch, VP of Baltimore Comic Con, VP of salvaging a marriage. VP to make it happen. VP of uh, salvaging a marriage first. VP of clearing the air. I really before I want to take this opportunity to clear the air. There's been a bunch of scuttlebutt on the internet. Internet celebrity here. A lot of talk about how uncomfortable I made people when I brought up the fact that Peter North shoots ropes. All right. <laughs> I apologize. I didn't know it would make people squeamish, but uh, I was just you know. Mere stating fact, they didn't call him the decorator for nothing, folks. All right. <laughs> How many? I thought you people? were serious until I until you realized I was setting you up for the decorator. I thought you were dead serious for one second. This internet rope scuttlebutt. <laughs> Welcome back, Dan. It is uh, great to be back. Thank you. Dale. That's just a testimony to your talent, Dale, that you can get me so good, even after all this time. You have me hook, line, and sinker. Final living host, uh, the master of passive aggression. No one has quite taken it to an art form. Quite like this host. Be careful, he'll get you. Jonesy loves beer. I uh, studied for many years in Shaolin Temple, uh, just over and over, passive aggressive, mm. two-man drills, non-cooperative drills, full-on passive aggressive sparring you know it's it's something i hope i can pass down to my kids mm. one day he'll get you <laughs> sidewinder here comes jonesy tango and cash you know let's break down the uh the fourth podcast wall we're wrapping up soon episode 300 just weeks away yeah yeah it is oh gosh um you know in the g chats it just popped up out of nowhere. What about Tango and Cash? Mm. And if I were in Jonesy's home, he might have been slinging ropes 
when he oh, wrote yeah. when he read that text. It's definitely decorating the inside of my sweaty fleece sweatpants that I wear oh around my the house. God, yeah. <laughs> like a Picasso down there. It was, you know? Within like, minutes within, Jonesy was texting us that he was watching the movie. Oh yeah. It was mm-hmm. it, I've never seen it that fast before. We're talking a, probably a broad jump distances with his uh <laughs> <laughs> excitement. It's it listen, we'll get into it just around the yeah, corner. It's close. Uh, there's whispers of meetup, you know, the, the, the slack, the, the, uh, we, we congregate on the slack to talk about random stuff. We get yelled at for not using slack correctly <laughs> occasionally by the slack admin and Chuck Forsman, I think was the, the main person to suggest what about a meetup at Baltimore comic-con 2017? Oh my God. You know? I don't think I've ever heard of a more perfect scenario. Right. So what's out there? There's talk. There's scuttlebutt, mm-hmm. as one would say. We'll see if it happens. I don't know. You're sitting there at work, your cell phone in front of you, but you're helping a customer via a WebEx session or something. And on your phone, just shooting back and forth are, is, is a six-way conversation about your future and you can't chime in immediately, and there it goes a getting a planned for you, whether you like it or not. So you're set up to break hearts before even getting the opportunity to contribute. That's the paper. Dan, what podcast. are you trying to say? <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Who are you I'm talking about? This is what. This Listen. is the build up. This is what breaking hearts. This is this is people uh, public facing. You know, I stepped on the first grenade. I was the dummy who didn't realize that the July weekend that was talked about for two months was San Diego Comic-Con. <laughs> yeah, that's probably yeah. the biggest... Somehow wasn't on my calendar. <laughs> I mean, that... Thank goodness for, for... Thank goodness for Timo Thief because, man, you were just planning that weekend away. I'm just saying, two nights, maybe not all the whole weekend, but two days in a, two nights in a row, maybe we could do something. Meanwhile, you're not even going to be here. I wasn't gonna be here, so now we have now we've moved on to Plan B, which falls on Dale's birth weekend. So Dale's, I don't know what percentage you're at. Let's just say there's a. Let's just say Plan B is now Baltimore Comic Con. I think I might be the only person that's 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 mostly in. Sure, I'm like sixty four percent in. Sixty four. I'm pretty sure I can manage. That's a high percentage. Mm Hmm. I mean, it would only be like an hour and a half, two hours away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It would be a short stay. Yeah, it wouldn't be four days. At a lake. You know, five and a half hours away. Right. Well, what's the percentage of one uh, Dale underscore a birth weekend himself? Oh, man. I Well, you know, you guys, we love Baltimore Comic Con as as just a, th- a, a, a thing to do. Yeah, And last year it was... Um, you know, put to the back burner because of Q three sixteen. If you guys remember, um, but this year, willing to uh, not even bring it up to our wives, forego Q three seventeen, make Baltimore Comic Con a thing to remember with uh, epic friendship meetups. I, I mean, I, I am invested heavily into the idea of being there as well. 
This is like Sean Spicer, press secretary, oh, answering a question on that podium. Appropriate. <laughs> you know, giving me the runaround and, and a around while doing the runaround. I don't even know if I can say around on this podcast. Unsettling. Bleeped out. Unsettling would be the word <laughs> to describe me describing Peter North, you describing me trying to uh, be nice and politically correct on this podcast. I mean, you haven't given a percentage yet. Maybe we give it a week. Maybe next episode you'll you'll have time to to offer a percentage. This maybe this time next week. Right now, fifty percent, probably even sixty percent. But oh. I I couldn't even bring it up to my wife today because wives, kids, tensions running high. Uh, mm-hmm. You're you're eating, and the kids are so focused on making this uh, leprechaun bait out of white chocolate and cereal. That you're uh, you're screaming at your littlest to to finish eating so he can start, but then you know he doesn't want to eat, so he starts purposely choking on his zucchini. <laughs> starts regurgitating like a mama bird all over the uh, dining room table until I and until I dash for the closest clean Tupperware container, which will no longer be clean seconds into its future. You know where he gets that there was passive no, aggression there, from? <laughs> Uncle Jonji loves beer. Jonji, animals and kids like me. So that's where I'm at tonight. I haven't even brought up a uh, Baltimore Comic Con. Haven't even brought it up yet. Listen, we had a great run. If we go 300 we episodes without a meetup, that's fine. You know, we gave 300 plus hours of our lives to each other. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Who needs a meetup? Who needs who needs a meetup? Really? <laughs> Tune in next week for a, a percentage, number percentage. Stay tuned. Uh, should we get into Tango and Cash? Are there any other items we want to briefly touch on? Any health updates that we want to address? Jensen, I don't see you. Still? I don't see you having a diet Dr. Pepper on right now. What's going on here? No, I that's throttle. Uh, let me tell you. No I coffee. Got throttled for about two and a half hours. I think I blew my groin out at some point. My God! But I did not get taken down. So that's all that matters. You mean the stinky gym sock shoe combo in that class didn't take you out? No, stinky socks wasn't there tonight, so it was good. <laughs> also, spoilers. He. His first diet Dr. Pepper went down in two gulps, and he finished it way before yeah. you logged oh, on tonight. my so. goodness, I was thirsty. <laughs> you don't realize how much you sweat until you until wear you have that diet Dr. Pepper. sweatpants. Yeah. You know, there was a choice. How about running out the door, two pairs of pants next to each other, fleece sweatpants, or the pants designed for kicking and grappling. And I was like, no, let me take this, the fleece pants. Mm. Right. And let me come back from Kung Fu and quench my electrolyte uh, depleted body. Quenched for some nice moisture. Diet <laughs> Dr. Pepper. Uh, you know, it's, people think it's electrolytes you need, but it's really, you know, phosphorus. Right. right. Phosphoric acid really Corn gets you syrup. where you need to go. Little known fact, Diet Dr. Pepper is the official drink of a keto. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense to me. So. I see. I see the posters up all the time mm-hmm. in class. You, know, you can't get those wrist locks and wrist throws 
Uh, you really need that Dire Dr. Pepper to just center you. In in fact, you have to salute the posters of Dire Dr. Pepper before class can start. You mm-hmm. turn uh, to Sensei and then you bow to the poster. You know, at a keto, I, I think it is a straight arm bow before you can hit the mat or before you actually enjoy a Dr. <laughs> Diet Dr. Pepper. Mm-hmm. In Kung Fu, it's actually a fist to the hand and then fold over and then a quick bow. Like one is crushing the, the Dr. Pepper for recycling day. No, as if right. your right hand is the can, your leftover comes up, and then you pull the tab. I see. Like a tss, tss, yeah. When you, yeah, it's very, tss. very simple, but complicated in simplicity. In a very zen moment, mm-hmm. you know, your whole every moment is is the can snapping moment. You know, open. I, I think it's an omen, but maybe I did Could mean be to an say omen. omen. Who knows? Speaking of omen, you know, if we have a slot. Oh, the Omen oh, is an amazing if film. We have a slot. Oh See how we got there. Uh, let's. Should we get into Tango and Cash? How about 1989? Oh, go ahead. How about the, just real quick? Baltimore Comic Con, Baltimore Weekend, and you know it's it's more of an event, more of a, a destination. Jonesy holds a class in the Inner Harbor on <laughs> one of the uh, uh, walls, the bulkheads, the bulkheads. Just doing the crane kick? Yeah. I'd film that class. Anyway, you know, uh, the 1989 Tour de Force. Tango and Cash. Tour de Force buddy cop action film. Was this 89? The last film of 1989, according to Wikipedia. Wow. Which is never wrong. Uh, Tango and Cash, Jonesy, can you please uh, just take us through? Please. Raymond Tango, Armani in a suit. Armani and a badge, whatever it's called. Badge Armani. He's got a cute nickname for Gabriel Cash. <laughs> Timothy just Timothy just vomited. fell over in his, his chair. I think <laughs> I think Timothy always is like next to somebody in a hat. He's like, can I borrow your cap? And then sure, it just vomits in it. <laughs> what, he, what he just hears me speak. So, Raymond Tango, Gabriel Cash, two very different cops, one very similar mission. You know, they're taking... Uh, down Jack Palance. And let me just say, Jack Palance, a vision mm-hmm. in this movie. Uh, and, you know, they, they're in narcotics. They're about getting the drugs off the street. Jack Palance can have no more of it. And he arranges for Tango and Cash, this new duo, to be framed for murder and sent to the big house. So after one of the most homoerotic scenes in movie history... They break out of prison, acquire a, what would you call it, a Dodge Ram from hell, RV from hell that is thing. the line. I should have stayed out. in hell. Probably the worst, and, uh, f- the worst thing ever. <laughs> it's, uh, you know what, I think? it's like a tank from Tron, is what I kept thinking. Oh, they storm Jack Palance's compound. And essentially save the day. And oh, by the way, Lois Lane herself, Terry Hatcher, plays not a stripper in this movie. Exotic dancer. Exotic and, uh, dancer. You know? <laughs> they they save the day with uh, somehow Sylvester Stallone's pocket thirty eight hitting targets four, five, six miles out. <laughs> uh, ballistically impossible stunts in this movie. But it's, you know, it's buddy comedy fair, pretty pretty standard stuff. 
But I think what really makes the magic is just the raw, unbridled chemistry <laughs> between one Sylvester Stallone and one Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell's, listen, I know this is, we're still technically in the synopsis, but if I could just find a way to wear a Henley with none of the buttons ever buttoned and have my mullet somehow caress my shoulders, I would be <laughs> Gabriel Cash for any cosplay ever. Yeah, absolutely. Anywhere. You would probably, that day. would be your Kung Fu outfit. For sure. That, that's, <laughs> I would be like Kane from Kung Fu, but it would be a Henley. Mm-hmm. Instead of like a uh, a typical kung fu suit, I mean, where did, so yeah, there you have where it. Do we even begin with 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 this tour de force? God, I don't know. I mean, I mean can we could start with Kurt Russell's hair? How did he get his hair so perfect wow. in this movie? Right, I just imagine every night he goes home, and you know, Goldie is there, mm-hmm. you know, rubbing his feet. He, you know, she puts the curlers in his hair to get that perfect quaff. I mean, he looked gorgeous. If you were going to make a Wolverine film in 1989, you would need Kurt Russell's hair. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. And, and the team of stylists dedicated to making that uh, masterpiece uh, remain what it is, a masterpiece, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, where... Otherwise, I mean, let's talk about the tanker truck filled to the brim with cocaine i don't think unbelievable scene one billion dollars in in cocaine in that like there's more in 1989 money it it might be 70 billion in 2017 money that's more cocaine probably than it has ever been found before realistically (laughs) all right that's a lot of cocaine in that (laughs) i had a note why is it in every 80s movie to test that something is cocaine fully acceptable for a cop to do cocaine to I mean, be like yeah they're like they're tasting this it. Is it they know yeah. the taste isn't the that taste how addictions you know start he spits it out by just a taste i mean he's not rubbing it on his teeth like uh like toothpaste on his gums how about after he tried it the 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 one liner to close out 1989 anybody want to get high <laughs> They're uh, killing it. Also, Sly. he shoots, dramatically shoots the tanker to expose the cocaine. Don't you think a tanker truck is armor-plated enough because it would typically be filled with gasoline mm-hmm. that a projectile would not be able to go through it? I, so, yeah, Sly Stallone stops the tanker. He Amazing scene. Amazing. Just stunning. Yeah. Driving around in a convertible Mercedes. You, in a, in a second, you know what Sly Stallone's character is all about three-piece suit what's this what's that gun called skinny Jonesy? tie it's uh it looked like a, a colt 38 it's the, it's the cap gun you had when you were a kid that's absolutely the, gun the same uses. weapon you refilled it from the flea market when you go oh my god it. i love those guns and uh so he they're out of their jurisdiction right that he's told several times you can't make it you gotta end it now sly and he does, and the cops are busting his balls. They're like, there's gasoline in here, city boy. You're out of your league here, city boy. Whatever they're saying. So he shoot like, literally he shoots the tanker to show them there's cocaine in it. Yeah. If you're wrong, everyone's dead. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. N- like, not to mention you nicking that police captain's ear as the bullet whizzed <laughs> by his head to prove a point. <laughs> 
Like it, it shows you how like this is a total eighties movie action movie. It shows you who Sly Stallone is. I mean, I'd love also, to see a version where Sly Stallone. Don't they like, have to recover the drugs? So now all the cocaine, the hole is in the. the I'm sorry, it just hit me as we're talking about it. <laughs> the hole is on the bottom of the tanker. That means all of the cocaine's going to come yeah. out. They got. They have. How bags. are you going to recover this for evidence? What do you have a, a spot welder that's going to be able to seal that hole? Uh, I'm sorry. Continue. They. I, I, well, I just couldn't. I want to see a version where Sly is like, "All right, let me go over here and undo this, and it's I'll slowly show you this cocaine in here." And then, like, yeah, that's yeah. the scene. Also, how about Sly Sloan's delivery as this uppity Versace stock lover? The delivery—he's like a nerdlinger in all oh, of yeah. his lines. Total it's so nerdling. weird, yeah. right? Yeah, he's not but, like, like he doesn't have the charisma that matches like his suits uh-huh kurt russell acted circles around him the entire time they were together in fact i'm pretty sure the director was like kurt listen man just do whatever you need to do to make this scene come alive because yeah. he i don't know if the if the stick up Sly's butt was fully inserted or we're just talking like 80 to 85 percent insertion but like he had a tough time and, i feel i get like this sly character. is gonna sell this movie but as the rick as the character is written sly sloan is the last actor i would think of for this character oh my god like egon he, spengler should have been this character yeah because he's, they because he's a lot more nerdy than they i think even the script wanted him to be mm-hmm. the those vests could barely fit around his pecs. God, he looked amazing. He this, I mean, My I don't God. think he's ever looked better than in this Those film. Those suits were painted on, skin tight. Like, this is not a guy who should physically look comfortable mm-hmm. in the three-piece suit. In fact, he didn't at any moment look comfortable. I mean, I love this movie. I feel like I'm ragging on it. No, but no this, this is movie one of those things incredible. where the movie's so entertaining. This is like a Scott Snyder trade. You know, when we go through yeah. and... and yeah, yeah. And go get you, we get through every detail. And I probably I was this is I I this is an 89, so I probably rented it in the early 90s cuz my mom always let me rent whatever I wanted. Yeah, I made your 25, 26. Yeah, so I'm like my mom, I can do what date. I want. Well. Um <laughs> so I haven't I probably haven't seen it since then. So now I get to see it with this eye of like abs- like I can sense absurdity and I'm not mm-hmm. just in awe of the action and these two guys like teaming up to save the day and it was yeah it was it was a it's it's a great it's a wonderful movie and it's a lot more i don't know it's a lot more i don't remember like the prison being as long like the middle third of the movie it's like 30 percent of the movie i i don't i never remembered that but it was like it was basically like no escape with Ray Liotta, that prison. It was just <laughs> the prisoners ran it. Yeah, the the movie turns into a completely different film. The entire it's like the Rorschach prison scene and Watchmen. Yeah, but it turns into a completely different film for about forty minutes. How, how about that? Before that, the ten minute like court montage, <laughs> like <laughs> such a strange with montage he- headlines like. <laughs> Like there's head these huge headlines of Tango and Cash, these police also, detectives. When do you see police detective headlines like ever. that? Why are they 
why are they tried together? <laughs> why wouldn't they be tried separately? Like that made no sense to me. Also, they represented by one attorney. The evidence against them. So Jack Pounce wants them off the streets. He doesn't want them dead. That's too easy. He wants to put them through an elaborate cover up and get them in prison right. because and toy killing with them would make them martyrs for, for somehow. So they the the court scene is like it's all hilarious. Like them getting arrested. Why should we skipped over Cash's intro scene where he chases down that dude? Oh yeah, with with Cash's the gun, lot. the most absurd <laughs> gun. Yes, a laser scope bigger than his gun. Yeah, and he's like, Cart's like you. you this is going to look cool, right? This is going to look cool to the audience <laughs> that I'm carrying this. Where I wonder if Kurt was like, "Yeah, this is the bet. This is the coolest gun I could yeah. choose." Like they, they maybe they let Kurt and Sly like pick their guns to fit the <laughs> character that they're playing, and Jeez, and I wonder if Kurt insisted on this effing laser, laser pointer. Scope. Are you even allowed as a police officer to just do whatever you want with whatever gun you want if you're a detective? Like he has this like it's possibly street illegal. Right. Like the whatever he has on his gun, he could go to jail for. I don't think you could holster right, that so thing. I think he just has that carried around the whole <laughs> A quick a quick go- a quick Google search. So um Tango has a Smith & Wesson 38 special. Uh, very, you know, a weaker round. It was like a snub nose. Gabriel right? Cash carries a Ruger GP100. It's a 357 Magnum. So now, it's like a you know, I've I've fired a 357 Magnum, and he you cannot fire this weapon one handed. I think that's all Cash did in this movie was dangle it from his wrist (laughs) and somehow hit every target. He's not spraining his wrist. Not that it's taken me, it's like post-mortem taking me out of the movie that I realized what he was carrying. You don't need a laser scope with a three you You're going to blow whatever you're shooting at in half anyway. What about the gun in his boot? Like, Uh, which is, it's, it's, it's absurd, but the final scene of the movie, which we can get to, is... When he uses that gun, the most absurd moment it might be in the history of the 1980s. Oh, yeah. This turned into like Conan the Destroyer <laughs> final scene quick. How stupid was this like trippy, weird room that Jack Palance has attached to his drug compound with a room full of mirrors? Like it's, the, like a, it's uh, Enter the Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> like he he only has it for this moment <laughs> right. like one day these two uh, the eight, two cops are going to come after me and I'm going to have to kidnap somebody and I'm going to need this room right. build it and it's going to work I'm not going to get shot in the head first thing <laughs> when I open these when I open these elaborate locking electric doors to I mean now that we're, now that we're talking lighting. about it <laughs> what are the chances so like they're talking about shooting Jack Pounce uh, because he's in a room of mirrors they're gonna say, "What do they say? Uh, go low, and then go for the so they both shoot person. at the same time." Kurt Russell uses his boot gun for a headshot. This <laughs> is impossible gun. on every level. Why would you take that chance? He's holding her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and it's like, just I want to. I, I want to see someone attach that gun yeah. to someone's boot. Mm-hmm. Give them ten tries to pull off that shot and see how many people they kill more likely you would shoot your own foot. (laughs) (laughs) 
you get some wicked GSR splash black, like scarred, charred foot skin. No way in that like recoil is not a relevant force in this movie. In the physics of Tango and Cash, no one has to worry about recoil. No. There is no opposite and equal force at any point in this movie. There should be a like like a remake of Tango and Cash, but the cops should be like real cops and they should be like bad at their jobs or something and like they try to do everything they did in this movie and it just fails miserably. <laughs> yeah, like a they 21 get fired over instantly. Of... <laughs> yes. But, but like you mean when they go to fire a 38 special <laughs> at a moving target at least a mile and a half away and end up killing like a, a coyote in the desert more likely right. than hit the windshield of a moving tanker. I mean, just the weird light filtering of that final scene with that room. Like, mm-hmm. and Jack Palance didn't even bother to stand off center in this room full of mirrors. <laughs> he decides to stand <laughs> in the very center of the room and hope that he could trick them with the mirrors because they shot direct center. Like, I, I want to know, I want to know, I just need to know what that... <laughs> we need to do a podcast with the principal <laughs> actors of this movie yeah. to walk us through things. He was, his you bit was think. like, he's like into games, right? Didn't he have several lines where he's like, he likes playing games? I think, I mean, I hope maybe that's the backstory. Kurt Russell probably did all of the cocaine in that tanker while filming if I had to work on this movie, I think we'd all be doing cocaine. Probably on <laughs> I would set. have to. I would start doing drugs for the first time in my life to try to get through the shoot. <laughs> the the j- the jail cell scene, Palance like so they go to jail. Like if Palance had ever wanted to just kill them, the movie would have been over in twenty minutes. Yeah. and he would have ran like the entire city with <laughs> drugs. Plenty of opportunity, and they almost killed themselves on like fifty occasions. He he even shows up in the prison when they decide to torture the two guys instead of killing them. They had every opportunity to kill them. Mm-hmm. And Palance just shows up in the yeah. shadows. He sneaks into prison, into the most dangerous part of the prison. Like, he he gets past several, I'm sure, checkpoints and points of failure <laughs> to get through this inner prison sanctum where the prisoners run things and have uh, access to uh, generators and electricity and buckets of water. <laughs> like how often are they electrocuting people for pleasure down there? It's <laughs> they, like a, a nightly thing. Yeah, they had, there's like a dedicated bucket yeah, for it. They yeah. had a pretty elaborate setup. Like it was good to go whenever they needed it. <laughs> <laughs> The one, the one moment in this movie that I think encapsulates the vibe and what they're trying to accomplish is when uh, Cash gets to the after he like is almost murdered in the opening scene where he get he finally makes it to the police station. He's like taking his shirt off and he puts on that shirt and a guy holding a pizza box walks by. Oh, <laughs> and he stops and grabs a slice of the pizza. Uh-huh. He's like, "Oh, pizza." Like, this guy is the coolest guy ever. He grabs pizza at will. (laughs) This is what you're in for for the next hour and a half. At will pizza grabber. He doesn't care. What came out first? This movie or Lethal Weapon? Lethal Weapon came out first, right? I don't know. He had Riggs' hair pretty much. I'm saying, like, was he just trying to be a sane Martin Riggs? I mean, because he had no backstory. The jeans. 
he wore his gun instead of a, a, a holster mm. in the most dangerous way possible, cocked in the back of his jeans. 87. I mean, yeah, the most unsafe thing I can think of on the planet. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. He was just, uh, he, he was like, well, I don't want to really do all the martial arts stuff, but I'll just be like Riggs, except I don't want to really be angry either. I'll just be a happy Riggs. Happy Riggs, yeah. He steals pizza. I'm like, every time like Sly has a one-liner, I'll have a follow-up one-liner, and we'll have a whole conversation for like three minutes just trading one-liners. Like, I mean, so their conversations where they would just trade dude bro, like one liners, was amazing. How it didn't just stop at like Sly has a one liner, on. Kurt has a one liner. They keep going without breaking. Like, yeah. it's just like five one liners each. There's 10, li- 10 one liners in a row in a conversation. The, the testosterone in those scenes was through the roof. Like, the entire movie could have taken place with them buck naked in that shower. Yeah. At that point, oh, yeah. making soap jokes and tripod, like good grief, Pee Wee, and they, Just they start tr- making out. Like it was so wrenched in, like they were, like they were trying to have a normal conversation about their their fate, but like they would slip in Pee Wee or tripod with like so fast, it was so wrenched into the scene, it felt weird. They're like, oh, let me get yeah. this in real quick before he has a chance to talk. Pee wee, like that's not normal behavior. No, like <laughs> exactly. That's not. It's not even funny. It's like borderline psychopathic behavior. And uh, it happened again when they were driving that dumb Durango. God. And uh, like I remember specifically, like the front fender caught on fire, and Sly's like, "We're on fire!" And uh, Kurt Russell's like, "Now nah, we're cooking." And then it's like it keeps going like two more one-liners after that. I meant I meant to write down some of the one-liners, but Sly has some of the worst ever at the end of this movie where yeah. I think when they kill Jack Palance, he has an, a bad one-liner. When the place blows up, he has like a terrible <laughs> one-liner. It's all bad. Like I don't even yeah. know how he, why he even said them. Like Sly Stallone is like a director, a writer. Yeah. I don't know what he saw in these lines where he's like, Rocky hey, this is good Rocky won line. an Oscar for best picture. Yeah. How did this, like, like, yeah, like when they jump after the building, when the building blows up and they jumped in the ditch and then Kurt Russell's like, I'm going to date your sister or something and Sly's like over my dead body and Kurt Russell's like, consider yourself dead or something like so stupid. <laughs> like, I wonder if like these shoots or had to so be exhausting. Timothy and they're just rolling right now. <laughs> alternate line, alternate line, alternate line, alternate yeah. line for hours, and they're in the editing bay and they're like, "Well, what do you think? These are a lot. These are all these one liners." And Sly's like, "Oh, they're all good. Uh, f- keep them all in." And that's what we got. Yeah, we got every yeah. single one liner. Every single take is in this movie because the director and the studios are probably like, "We got Sly Stallone and Kurt Russell." teaming up enough I mean, he's given enough us a, said he's given us a lot of direction well rocky won best picture we should probably listen to what he has to say and cause he's self refer he makes a self referential line and says cause a rambo a p word oh yeah oh yeah that was, i actually chuckled at I that did chuckle at that i'm going through imdb um we're on fire when they're t- <laughs> talking about the guys that are like um giving testimony against them 
Remember that's the amazing montage scene? Tango's oh, yeah. like, when this is over, we're going to have to pay Jabba the Hutt here a visit because I guess <laughs> yeah. the guy they were playing him. And then Cash is like, I'll bring the chainsaw. <laughs> or no, that way Cash, <laughs> Cash is, uh, what's his face? And then, and then Tango goes, I'll bring the beer. Like, like, get yeah, yeah. out of here with these lines. They're so <laughs> terrible. Glorious. Oh, man, it's so bad. Jabba the Hutt. Good one. Got him. <laughs> Roasted him. Oh, yeah, Cash. When this is over, remind me to rip Jumbo there's tongue out. Tango goes, with the tow truck. <laughs> <laughs> the only good line from that, well, I mean, it's a great movie, but... Kurt, like the last line for Kurt Russell when he's like he stands up and he just like cusses because he at the absurdity yeah, of the bull ass yeah. yeah that was funny all the cops are laughing like clapping for him and stuff that was great uh huh oh when they call that one dude Mr. Potato Head <laughs> yeah yeah wouldn't be a party without Mr. Potato Head <laughs> <laughs> That guy from, uh, yeah, I think it might have been Jabba was that guy from uh, Total Recall. Oh, yeah, yeah. You'll be lobotomized. Wow. Also, Get this. Sorry. The- director of photography was Barry Sonnenfeld, and Sly had him fired. Wow. Yeah. Barry Sonnenfeld. In the wiki. The, the one thing I, the last thing I'll say about the IMDb is when they're in the truck, they're driving around, and all of uh, Jack Pounds' goons also have Jeeps with missile launchers on the backs. Of course. Because right. like it's Cambodia. <laughs> 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 but um, Cash is like, I've got good news and bad news. And he tells him that the truck's almost out of gas. How much gas was in the truck when you left? Why didn't you have a full tank? You've been driving for five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have jerry cans or like uh, all that. A Gatling gun on the side. You don't have some sort of two two fuel tanks, maybe, with a switch in the front, like my grandpa used to have in his Ford F one fifty. The one thing I saw, Jensi, on the Wikipedia was that Patrick Swayze was the original Cash, I and he dropped that. out to do. S- Sly basically made the film go twenty million dollars over, over budget. <laughs> what, the, you know what? what did this he leave? is crazy. I, I, I'm scrolling through too, and I mentioned. Uh, Martin Riggs. Roadhouse. Apparently, Kurt Russell was supposed to be Riggs in Lethal Weapon, but turned it down. And so he bases his character on Martin Riggs in this movie. Get out of here. Does it say that? Crap. Yeah. I I, I mean, wow. That's insane. You heard it here first. Hmm. What did Swayze leave to do? Cash was almost played by Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, my God. Cash or that uh, Patrick, such Patrick a great Swayze movie. left to do Roadhouse. Oh wow! Which good choice. Patrick that's pretty Brady, insane. I think, he, I think he won out there. Like yeah, he 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 took For a himself. chance. He took a chance and he and he won. Remember that scene in Roadhouse where he's having sex with that woman and, and he's buck naked in that like barn. <laughs> yeah, my God! How come we didn't do Roadhouse yet? I mean, I we've been doing know. this movie podcast for two hundred eighty. Listen, episodes. it's always been our dream to do three hundred and one episodes. <laughs> we could pivot from Tango and Cash to Roadhouse. I think we. I, I think listen, we do pivot. Let's do it. It's our Kelly show. Guys. Lynch, top oh. of her game. God, gorgeous. Terry There's this great Funk. Hollywood story that uh, I guess 
Kelly and Lynch and Patrick Swayze were really good friends with Bill Murray. And of course, you know, there's a, a nude scene in, in Roadhouse. So there's like a urban legend that whenever it would come on TV and we get to that scene, Bill Murray would call their house <laughs> and be like, oh, I'm watching TBS and there you are again. I, or whatever it was, or we'll leave them voicemails at any time of night and day, whatever the movie was played, uh, like on That's TV awesome. or HBO or whatever. I got to see if I can find that at YouTube clip and, and link it to you guys. Was it, uh, Roadhouse would also be a pivot from Tombstone, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would. It would be. And we could always use more Sam Elliott. Mm-hmm. Always. Yeah, Sam Elliott was amazing. You know, the original best bouncer oh, in, the, yeah. in, in the country. God. How amazing Roadhouse that the whole movie is based on, you know, the celebrity of a of the of the bar bouncer. <laughs> yeah. As if the bouncer is bringing in the business. They are. And then they hired Patrick Swayze away because he's the best. <laughs> that's right. The holy crap, that's you're absolutely right. They hired him away because he's the best bar bouncer. That's yeah. it. What do they call them? They don't call them uh they don't call them bouncers. Like, oh, oh my no, god. god listen, listen, oh my you god, guys got to right. put the genie back in the bottle for the Roadhouse episode. Yeah. I I like I just totally cooler. He's called a professional oh cooler, specialized doorman or bouncer. They totally took inspiration from like cocktail for that. What's another uh, profession that we could just make amazing? <laughs> cocktail. Um, and he had, uh, Swayze was like, he made that, a ton of money. Like I think they even talked about his salary in that movie. And even by 2017 standards, I think it was incredible. Wow. For being a cooler. Oh, like his like his bouncer salary or his yeah, meat? like what he actually made nightly or weekly. Oh my god, was, it, he was probably pulling in like easy hundred k. Holy crap! Get out of here! What I think I think I remember that scene. Yeah, well, we have to do it now. Yeah, because we need to confirm all of our suspicions. This yeah. is, I mean, it's we're we're looking upon one of the greatest weeks ever. Definite win column next week. I think. <laughs> also, his wardrobe in that in that film. Yeah, is amazing. Like the silk blouses God. that he would wear with those tight black silk pants. Mm-hmm. Mm. Kelly, Lynch's yeah, I think he Jeep. drove a convertible too. Yeah. God, what a mm. life, huh? Yeah. There you have it. Roadhouse directed by none other. Are you ready for this? Rowdy Barry Sonnenfeld. Rowdy Harrington. <laughs> oh God! Of course. What? Of course. That barn scene, like that's total rowdy. That's a I thought you were rowdy. about to say rowdy, rowdy Piper, and then my brain would have exploded. Right. Little known fact, rowdy was the best boy electric on Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, man. So he pivoted his electrical skills mm-hmm. to directing. He also wrote and directed Striking Distance with Bruce Willis. Oh, great movie. I love that movie. That's another guilty pleasure. It's the one on the boat. Yeah, boat it's involved? Sarah Jessica Parker, and uh, he's like a disgraced cop who they like bust down to river duty. Oh yeah! <laughs> wow, man. He also he also did a murder of crows with Cuba Gooding Jr. Wow, and Tom Berenger. Tom Berenger, also of the defunct uh, Sniper franchise. Oh boy, remember those B movies? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. The yeah, substitute like, too. Remember that? 
The substitute. Jesus. Oh my god. Episode three hundred two to three hundred what fifteen? There's so many substitute. Yeah, yeah. What a movie. And platoon. I mean, my God, Tom Berenger. Oh boy. Can you? What would your mind state be like if we did platoon for Paper Keg? My God, it would be be putty. I'd be. I would be putty. I would be. Should we put it on here? We'll, maybe we'll keep it to ourselves. Maybe we'll just keep surprise some people. <laughs> I mean, I maybe just type something it's pretty up. Pretty crazy right now. Just doing a quick uh, roadhouse uh, Google. Getting mm-hmm. lost. Why it looks so good is it uh, hired the stunt coordinator from Die Hard. <sighs> I knew it. <laughs> you knew. You could tell. You could definitely tell. Mm. <laughs> Die Hard, man. Great movie, too. I don't know if we have room, though. I mean, Die Hard before we wrap up. God. I think we're at capacity. Oh, we're over capacity. We might no be way. at capacity right now. Huh. Patrick Swayze has studied Aikido, just like James. Basically, you're raising Dalton. I always felt that in my heart. God, just think of that I salary mean, you can make. 100K. Cool. Easy. Being cooler. A night. Yeah. A night. Mm-hmm. A night. Because the bar generates three to 400K. <sighs> a night. Oh God. A day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One beer, four grand. We think that's a fair price. I mean, you remember the partying scenes in those roadhouse. In the roadhouse. We got to stop talking about roadhouse. We got well, to save it. We got to save it for next Put week. Put the genie back on the bottle, boys. Yeah. Wow. Tango and Cash, one of the best movies of all time. Absolutely. Easy. Hands down. Do we have Absurdly letters? Absurdly brilliant. Oh, yeah. We have a, a ton of letters. Oh, yeah, we got, really? We're oh, rife, rife with letters. We should probably do a second show that's oh. just all the letters. That counts as a numbered show, then. We got your letters. I'm gonna open them up. Farrington's gonna read them to you. Letters episode. <laughs> yes. Uh, first letter from dear friend of the show, Irrational Beers, remembering to sign his email this week. Uh, subject, duh, F. He writes, uh, to hear you roll up a stool and drop a hot S on the Watchmen while also putting that bestiality biopic avatar on a pedestal is truly disheartening. He strolled into my boardroom like Ed 209 and treated me like Mr. Kinney. How dare you, sirs? Also, I really liked Alien Resurrection. Yes, I'm a huge Joss Whedon fan, and the Firefly comparison is extremely strong, but perhaps the hate's gone too far? Besides, how awesome is Michael Wincott, even though nothing will top his role in The Crow? That's also another movie close to my heart. Perhaps drop Avatar and throw in The Crow. I'm sure most would agree. What do I know, though? I think The Watchmen was cinematic gold and highly misunderstood, Sorry about the accidental name omission. Take care, friendos. That's Irrational Beers. I would love to do The Crow, but I think we just established that we have way too many movie mm. ideas and way too not many episodes left. The Crow is yeah. still always fresh in my eighth grade brain when everybody dressed up like The Crow. Halloween. Yeah. I think that's the, like the, the, scene that the boy out. version of Harley Quinn. That's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah. That's true. 
stands out is when the one dude is like, fire it up, fire it up, fire it up. And he's like dancing. Fun boy. <laughs> Michael Wincott. I say amazing. your move, you move and you're dead. And I say I'm dead and I move. Oh, man. Each one of these rings is a life that you help destroy. Trust, you, you, well, that was your movie, though, I, next to Indiana Jones, The Crow. I think it was. I you had the, the VHS. You and, and Dave, movie. too. The, the scene where Here comes, it's all he and out. Guy of Gisborne fight on the church roof, and the crow's using like a broken weather vane shaped like a cross. Was, I mean, if, it was just really neat. If I had to put three things for Jonesy's youth that I remember from high school, it's Aerosmith. Oh, yeah. Indiana yep. Jones and The mm-hmm. Crow. Oh, yep. my God. That's amazing. I and didn't Metallica know this would probably be the fourth one. Metallica. Oh, yeah. I used to listen to Ride the Lightning, the tape, every day on the ride in school. <laughs> Orion would come on. I just rolled down this broke. Oh, sorry. Bleep that out. Broken windows. You did drop an F bomb. Toyota Corolla. Did. <laughs> I did no such thing. Yeah, you did. I did not. You did. Did I really? I, yeah, I remember it. Oh yeah, you totaled it. Dropped it hard. My bad, big hard. I F. didn't realize. I must have been rolling. <laughs> oh yeah, you're rolling. Also, uh, irrational beers. I mean, we read this letter now. We read your last letter letter a week ago. We don't remember even ripping on Watchmen, which I don't really think we ripped on it. I, I, I like think that we movie. second guessed. Yeah, maybe it was me. I second guessed Watchmen being his number one. Oh, well, yeah. Well, it's definitely not. It definitely shouldn't be Eddie Wood's number one comic no, movie. Yeah. I mean, it's a We're good all in movie. agreement there. But anyway, thanks. Thank you for the letter, though. We love it. We love you. Absolutely. Uh, next up, I don't guys. Did we read this uh, Caleb one for last week? I don't think we did. I think we got, think we got it the day after we uh, recorded. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, I skipped that one. Sorry, Caleb. Uh, yeah, so we're going to read it now for you. Pivot back to Caleb. Um, what up, keggers? Uh, the t- the subject of the email, legends can be now and forever. So he's my favorite letter writer, obviously. I I can't believe you don't have that queued up on a YouTube video on your phone <laughs> that you just want to put right on that pop filter. I mean... of you <laughs> you how did you get that that fast did you double tap and it was open at a different window how did that happen uh-huh I literally just double tapped the home button and queued up YouTube at where it was queued ready <laughs> because God. of Caleb's email I was getting it queued up waiting for Jonesy to come home Wisdom. 
so let's let's move on. Why? I feel like we're all we're going to be forever in that moment, Zen. Zen, you just reverse buffering that scene over and over again. <laughs> Song's five and a half minutes long. If you guys have to go use the bathroom or get a pa- get another uh, Dr Pepper. All right. All right. I'll close YouTube. All right. Okay. What up, Keggers? Okay. I've been holding on to hope that the rumors of y'all's demise were greatly exaggerated. Like this was all going to be Paper Keg's version of a summer event that changes everything, but nothing really changes. Fear itself, Paper Keg edition, if you will. <laughs> but if I, I've accepted the facts, and all that's left is to enjoy the rest of the ride. Congratulations to Slim. You won. You beat poor Jonesy and Dale into submission. You both put up a great fight, and us fans thank you for holding him off as long as you did. I know you guys only have like five open slots until 300. <laughs> well, <laughs> not anymore. Roadhouse. I should have read this at the beginning of the, the, uh, of the uh, episode, maybe. But I have a few suggestions. Maybe a pivot into Mad Max Fury Road or the Road oh, Warrior. Oh, God. Double shot episode. Mad Max episode. An entire Mad Max episode. Mm. And there was talk of Minority yeah. Report, but can you really end this podcast without finally doing The Last Samurai or maybe even Collateral? Also, as much as I want to hear you do Thor, God of Thunder, some of my favorite episodes were the ones where you all three laid Scott Snyder's Batman books on the ground and est <laughs> right on them. <laughs> maybe y'all can do a Batman movie because I feel like y'all would shred most of them. I could go on forever like I wish thought you guys would. I always hope to eventually get an invite to a Q3 event, but sadly, no. Anyways, thanks, guys. And just know we will always be out here flying. Caleb, uh, you know, just because the show's ending doesn't mean Q3s will end. You know, our friendship, you know, an ending is not like a cliff. It's more like a slippery slope. So, you know, before our friendships fade away forever in the next couple of years, I mean, there'll be at least two more Q3s, I would think. Right. Yeah, like we, like, the, like we say, after Paper Keg 300, there'll be no more numbered episodes. We'll probably do like one or two more in the next year before stopping completely, like Book Jug or... Vampire. Yeah, Vampire. <laughs> Caleb, great letter. Thank you. Amazing letter. It was a great letter. Thank you. This next letter, uh, I don't know, I'm not going to lie, I teared up a little bit when I previewed it earlier today. So I'm going to do my best to uh, hold it together. Uh, and this letter is subject, sappy letter, etc. Hey, keggers, I feel like episode 300 will be here before we know it. So I wanted to make sure I got this letter in. The reason I'm writing is simply to thank you for your time and effort in making the best D comics podcast out there. Your show has provided hundreds of hours of entertainment over the years, but more importantly, it's helped me out during some tough times. I probably mentioned it over a couple of pops at some point, but a while back I was going through a rough patch of my family, family life where I spent a year driving back and forth between different hospitals. There were many late nights and long drives when the weight of everything would get to me. I needed a distraction, and Paper Keg was it. You guys kept me company and made me laugh when I needed it most. This probably comes off as melodramatic, but that's not my intention. I just want you to know how important Paper Keg has been to me. 
You guys created a great podcast about comics, but it's also about friendship, and I thank you for that. High fives, Sean D, or at Karate Chop 16. Amazing. Amazing human being. Yeah. yeah. I know, as it, it, great as it, as it is to, to talk about pop culture, movies, and comics, uh, I think there's always been something special about the people we got close to mm-hmm. while doing this. And Karate Chop... You know, I I laugh and joke that he's like the fifth Beatle, but he really is like the fifth Beatle. I mean, he might as well be one of us. I mean, if he's not going to make it to a potential meetup, I don't want to go. I agree. You're, I'm you're going to hard agree on that. You're darned right. You can't call it a PK meetup without karate. Dang it. Legends can be now and forever. Karate. <laughs> Last letter of the night, Slim uh, smiling. <laughs> Slim getting up for Orange Theory in 13 minutes. <laughs> this comes from a special friend of the show, at Ren Mike D, who's Look been to out. a couple meetups. Love the guy. Look out. Ooh. Good evening, gentlemen. The letter probably starts, I hope somebody runs off the road while reading this letter. Deep cut from Gen Z. <laughs> I'm not sure how many people will get that, but that was a deep one. And it cuts like a knife. Uh, he he writes, uh, how about that Slack BBS? <laughs> BBS. Uh, sp- uh, play, a, what, Legend of the Red Dragon? Or uh, one of those text-based mods? That S was lit with dreams of a meetup that were dashed left and right. First, <laughs> Dale's off to Europe on some talented Miss Ripley-esque vacation. <laughs> <laughs> Then SDCC, which I will be attending, and hopefully doing some long beach runs with a certain PKer, maybe shirtless with heart monitors, jumping in the waves like Rocky and Apollo, IGing the whole thing, Jesus. Mm. God. Oh, where was I? Oh, yeah. Then SDC ruined the meetup. I'm sure Jonesy will be holding court at Knobles at some point, thus putting the final nail in the PK meetup dreams. RIP hopes and dreams. RIP. I do love Knobles. That's a true thing. You do hold court there at least uh, once a summer, I do believe. Kafood, kafunk, fantasy Does it get any better? <laughs> I'll tell you what, Ren Mike D, if we're not running shirtless through the streets of San Diego, we're not running, period. Wow. Oh Same my rules God. apply. You know, I'm throwing these rules out like no karate chop, no meet up. You know? Mm-hmm. No shirts, it's our show. no run. I mean, oh my. no shirts. shirts, run, I guess would be the same. Right. I don't know. God, I'm jealous. Let's do it. <laughs> We're on fire. <laughs> I'll bring the chainsaw. <laughs> With the tow truck. Oh, it's snowing. I was like British. I really feel <laughs> like that? very well. It's <laughs> like he's like, it's snowing? But he's like Alfred anchor? Pennyworth. <laughs> from, uh, snowing. The Dark Knight. <laughs> Oh, it will. It's <laughs> That was like the guy with the ponytail more than size. It was. It was. Yeah. yeah, the arch nemesis who just kept coming back from war. That guy, guy was unbeatable. Yeah. I really thought about uh, Charles Forsman a lot watching this movie. Mm. You know? That's another gem of a guy. Icon. Might as well be the sixth Beatle. It's an icon. <laughs> yeah. So he is an icon. <laughs> 
I didn't chuckle because I didn't think he was an icon. I chuckled because that goes out. Yeah, sure. You, you're, yeah. you're the way you paste your wording, right? Your, your vocabulary. You know, if B C C P K five is this, we have to n- number it. If it happens, you know, Chuck will be there. Mm. Yeah. Mm. If that maybe we bring an Xbox. <sighs> For some Holy split balls. screen Rocket League land party. Oh God. God, God! Imagine if we bought two Xboxes and we had an eight-way, an octo orgy, if you will. <laughs> God. <laughs> we, Dale, that was going. That was stepping over the line. <laughs> Maybe we pull the convention center strings and run out of ballroom. Who? <laughs> If only we knew somebody with in our deep connections in the comic TV industry. Give it, they, they give us. My only connections are introducing you to comic book people if I see them walking around aimlessly. Oh, you mean by introducing, you mean having us hang back while you I chat brought, about I the business? You, you were gawking from afar, and I brought you Mark in. Mark Wade. Oh, yeah. Mark Wade. We were both a fan. Mark he Wade. He pull off Mark Wade. a short sleeve plaid shirt like I've never seen a human being. He kills it. He kills it. Kill it. Wish I could kill it like that, man. God. Like, maybe. He's so him. chill. Like, he doesn't even realize that he's Mark Wade. Like, he doesn't get it. Like, does he know who he is? Yeah. He doesn't. He doesn't know he wrote Birthright. <laughs> he doesn't know it. Your favorite right. writer's favorite writer, to quote the deceased. Jesus. Epitaph the, right there. The swashbuckling daredevil Devil. that karate chop took a hot dump on. <laughs> and he might have been, he might as well just take that Somni artist edition and just l- like laid a big loaf out and just like close the book on that thing and like put other heavy books on top of it to smear it all out. <laughs> But remember when I said octo orgy and you got all offended, but we just did so like four words. Words. You take it too crap far. At a book. You can't just run around saying octo orgy. Yeah, that, that, yeah. Like, how way out of line. Thanks for putting up with me, guys. Jeez, inappropriate. Next week, disgusting mouth of yours. Next week, Roadhouse. Get ready for some hot, steamy, silk cooler action. I might have to wear a black tank top tucked in the jeans <laughs> just for that episode. Remember the paper keg nights when Josie <laughs> went to Walmart to buy a woman's outfit? My wife was a saint during the whole process. To wear a silk blouse on screen, candles lit, shades. That's what we did. The, uh, one of the Bret Hart sunglasses. When we did the... Uh, Live YouTube episodes. Mm-hmm. They came yeah. cross dress. Solar shades. <laughs> solar shades. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's all I could find on short notice. Uh, Honey, boy. where's my solar shades? I really want to knock this outfit out of the park tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a granny, like granny lingerie. It was cheetah print. Oh, man. What? There's screenshots <laughs> floating around of, of that outfit somewhere. Good old days. I'm sure there are. I swear to God, the good old days. They're all good, but man, we were just on it at at a certain point creatively. We had the energy to uh, come up with ideas. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Not fall asleep every week during the book. <laughs> right. 
Remember when Tuesday used to be our night to record? Yeah, I, I remember that. So that was like ago. mid. It was like Thursdays for a while. Then Tuesdays. Then Mondays. Mondays. Double shot Mondays. My God. Mm. And jo- it, four hours Josie's of completely computing. right, like not falling asleep reading the book. That was the main crux of it. Like that was that was for the days, man. Even if it were the night before, and I had to mow through like most of the planetary omnibus or the fear agent omnibus the night before, got to get this done. I'd stay up. The Wikipedia on your second screen, (laughs) just in case. Uh, Comparing, just in case. Wasn't there one book you didn't finish? Do we remember what it was? Me or Jonesy? Jonesy never. Jonesy didn't read a book one time uh no listen i didn't finish i i attempted all of them though and the only one i missed was probably my greatest regret was swamp thing i had to go back and reread it weeks later I remember that heartbreaking and, you know i i i was ashamed because i ended up uh when i what? sat down and got to read it it's one of the best did you miss that episode read. or is it that one you it, didn't read it was it was one of those things where like we picked the book and I didn't have enough time to read that I ended up driving down to your house. There was really no last minute time. So I was like, look, I'm going to be honest. I read the first two issues and I didn't get the rest. And Slim basically oh, yeah, yeah, that was it. That took was out it. his member oh, and yeah. slapped me with it on air. It was just a real thick rope. <laughs> <laughs> he decorated me. <laughs> Those were the days. My God. We could have that again, you know, take five years off. I wonder. Get back I, to I wish we still had the audio. Crisis. The audio of the. Uh, remember that blazing hot addict when we talked about ending the show f- the first time. Uh huh. Four, f- I guess, four years ago now. Yeah, the original yeah. Um, extended hiatus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but was it a hiatus? It was the end. Tapping the brakes. Oh, it was definitely the end. Because wasn't <laughs> oh, the was scenario the where like it a hiatus, but it was the end. It was the end because we couldn't, like, I think, Chunzi, you weren't even able to finish the, I think that was like one of the things where we had to reschedule or what was the thing that irritated me back then? I think, I definitely think I was the one that almost ended the show. I think it was one of those things where I agreed to court Monday and then my wife walked down the steps and was like, why are you not dressed? And I'm like, dressed for what? She's like, Fred's birthday party. We have to be there in 20 minutes. And I was like, uh, shh. Well, that's because so said it was you, the scheduling was more of a hassle than because we did it all locally and we did two in one night and we all had to travel. Yeah, so if you missed one night, then it was pretty much you would miss a half a month mm-hmm. worth of episodes. Yeah. Crazy times. Crazier times. Mm. That episode and then, was recorded. No, and um, then you, Slim, you moved to New Jersey. Yeah. Yeah, but I think there was an original, I think there was another potential end, because we have recorded, what was the episode we recorded in, um, Beth um, Corto's attic? Beth Corto's. Yeah, that was what we were talking about. That was, we recorded an episode then where I, like, ended the show, I think. Yeah. (laughs) But we never aired that. We were, we had a discussion where you were like, what we can do is once a month, I'll take the train down from... 
where where'd you live in New Jersey? I can't remember. I'll I'll take the train down. Jersey will pick me up from the train station. We'll meet Dale at X, and once a month we'll spend like eight hours recording. And then while you were saying it out loud, you were like, "Wait a minute, this that's not going to work. That's not going to happen." Yeah, and, and Mark was on never it. on at the time. He could never make it. So yeah, Mark was. Uh, I think Mark might have been on sixty episodes total out of the first one hundred. Well, he maybe he that's left, uh, what was his final episode. His le- his final episode was soon after the return. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one hundred one. He left. Was it? Hmm. <clears throat> yeah, we returned at what eighty seventy seventy six. I think seventy seven. Because wow. Sandman was was either the last one or the first new one. Good old days. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely when the you raid moved of us. the replacement hosts. Oh yeah, you talk about having time for ideas. Oh yeah, man we we had time to te- like plan all that out in the span of hours because we were recording later that night. Oh. Man, man alive! What's Don? What's Don Garvey up to these days? Former podcast phenom, yeah, Don Garvey. He's a radio free echo riff. Yeah, still with more episodes than us. <laughs> <laughs> well, he had like three to four episodes a week out then. Yeah, he was. Man, a, he, he I've never an seen anyone go so hard, and then hit the brakes and throw the car into the lake. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like that Verizon commercial or whatever, it just uh, erases his his podcast existence. presence. Mm-hmm. There's occasional uh, radio free echo riffs still leak out if you're still really? subscribed to the feed, but it's only Mike. Yeah, it's Mike right? and hands. <laughs> Mike and Mike <laughs> breaking the fourth wall here, Jonesy. Jonesy. Sorry, but Jonesy. I'm sure I just crushed the every listener of echo riff. Don't ruin it. Yeah. That's what I do. I'm a ruiner. Yeah. What a show. Next week, Roadhouse. Mm. Roadhouse. God. Join us. <laughs> the end. Hour nine minutes. You know, these to the these long episodes. Dale's, Dale's, Dale's doing some kind of weird magic over there making these episodes go long. It's because he played seven minutes of uh, Legends Coming Now and Forever. Uh-huh. Just stretch that bad boy out. Yeah. John Anderson. Oh, we hit and stop here? Tangerine. Tangerine. Stop? <laughs> yeah, we can hit stop. <laughs> <laughs>